Welcome to Frickety Frack. We do talk back. Thank you for joining us in this episode. Hello, my name is Patrick and I'm Frack. Hello, my name is Jeff and I'm Frick. Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back is a show airing once a week where we will discuss a different aspect of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. And for this special little section, we're going to be going through Star Wars, A New Hope. And we're going to connect lessons from this movie to the teachings in the Bible. And as soon as we are done going through A New Hope, we'll return to our regular scheduled program of completing season two of Meyer Hero Academia. And we, and just so you know, and as we continue to progress through the, through our podcast, we will continue to do other things as well. Uh, just because just like many of you are, we're fans of so many different things. We're fans of anime, comics, video games, movies, and just a whole, a whole lot of different things. And we did get the name of the show from our father who dubbed us Frick and Frack since we were kids. All right. And so before we begin with this uh, synopsis of the first 30 minutes of Star Wars, Frack, why, why Star Wars? Well, Star Wars, uh, you know, we kind of teased it a little bit last episode, uh, talking about a little bit about why going into this one. But the big one of the big reasons is that Star Wars was really the first thing that you and I were both huge fans of. Now, like, you know, we collected comic books as kids, so we liked Spider-Man, Superman, and Batman, and um, and that, you know, that kind of stuff. But we weren't, like, you know, diehards about it. And then we got introduced to Star Wars, and, you know, you and I, we both just fell in love with it. I, I mean, I love it, and uh, I love living in the world of Star Wars. Like, I love just imagining, like, oh, Man, I would love to just hop in an X-wing and jump into hyperspace and travel travel the galaxy. I'd love to have a lightsaber. I'd love to be a Jedi. That would be great. Um, uh, you know, we you know going to the library was huge. Like we lo- like I mean you, I, I know you did it too. Like we would get a ton of Star Wars books from the library. We would read as many of them as we could. We would buy a bunch of them. Um, I mean, in, in all honesty, to this day, when I still go into a bookstore, the first place that I go to in a bookstore is the science fiction area and look at what Star Wars books there are. Yep. I, that's, that's that's not even... It's like that has not stopped and probably never will stop. Um, and I'll also... Although I, when I go into bookstores, I also do stop in the... Uh, comic book slash anime slash manga area and see what kind of trades they have in bookstores in case they might have something that I don't have. But, but yeah, so exactly like, uh, so exactly like frack, uh, you know, I, you know, we always had a love for things like superheroes and uh, anything about heroic tales, you know, like stuff with knights and uh, anything, anything involving superheroes, we've always just been fans of. You know, we grew up like watching things like He Man, and you know, our favorite character from Sesame Street was Grover because he would sometimes turn into Super Grover. Um, you know, so we were always into things about the the heroic, um, and you know, like we love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and and so many of these different things, but. The, our first thing that we really just went absolutely all in on was Star Wars, just like like Frack was saying. Um, you know, we you know we've created characters in that universe that we would love to see. Uh, you know, we've you know we can't tell you how many uh, times we've recreated lightsaber battles, and you know, just a lot of great memories associated with this franchise and writing you know so it's like fan fiction <laughs> yeah and you know and just loving everything to do with star wars like i love any opportunity to play like star wars video games because uh, it's just such an immersive world uh to be a part of and, and just like and like frack was saying it's so much fun to think about what you would be doing in that universe and what you could do to help. And like, how would you, how would you get along with Han and how, you know, um, 
you know, would, how would Luke train you? Um, so it's just, it was fascinating stuff. Like we, we have, we own so many of the books over the years and I know, and I was thinking, and I'll, and I'll, and I know I have not read every star Wars book, but I've read a good chunk of them. And it's just, it's, it's just an absolutely fascinating world that is just so much fun to be a part of. And, you know, in fact, like, I don't, I generally don't get like super emotional over, um, deaths of celebrities because again, you know, it's just like, like as sad as it is when a celebrity passes, you know, I, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't actually know these people. Um, and, and I'll tell you, Carrie Fisher's death and she plays uh, Princess Leia in the Star Wars movies. Uh, her death really, uh, like, it, it really made me feel emotional. Like, I, you know, I shed tears that day when it found out when she was, when she had fish, officially announced that she had passed. And, you know, and again, it's not because I knew Carrie. I, I didn't. I did not know her. Um, I had never, I had actually never met her. Um, not even at like a convention or anything like that, but because of how much I've immersed myself into the Star Wars world, especially the expanded universe from the the no longer canon novels um, and and other resources, it really lo- felt like I lost a friend, um, you know, and and especially like you know. I, Frack and I kind of alluded to this when we were growing up, we were really nerdy and um, I'm so happy for nerds today that or or people with nerdy tendencies at how much more socially acceptable it is to be nerdies. Uh, it was we not born such the case for early. us. <laughs> yeah. We, it was such not the case for us. Um, so when people would find out we liked that stuff or, you know, or not necessarily just how much we like that we liked it, but just how much we liked it. Um, you know, it, we would get picked on and made fun of. And so when there are these, with reading these expanded universe stories and just getting more immersed in the universe, it would help me cope. You know, one of the things that helped me cope with the bullying and that sort of stuff is just to, to jump into the world and think, you know, feel like I'm a part of it. So you know, they're like Patrick, like Frack was saying, there's a lot of times, you know, thinking about like, you know, what would it be like to be a Jedi in there? And so, um, it was a source of, of, uh, security for me. It was a refuge uh, amongst, uh, a childhood that involved bullying and stuff. So it's just, it, it, you know, so it's like the, the only other celebrity that really kind of had that same similar impact as Carrie Fisher was when Stan Lee passed. Um, and he, you know, and as most people know, he's, uh, was the, one of the main architects and created was co-creator for a lot of the superheroes for the Marvel universe. Um, so without Stan Lee, there'd be no Marvel comics. It, 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 that's just a fact. No matter how much you want to argue about how much Stan actually had involved with, the creation of these characters and that sort of stuff. Uh, there is debate, but that's for a different episode. Uh, that's a dip for a different time, but, uh, but yeah, so the all like in all honesty, Carrie Fisher's death. Was, and the other thing that hurt too with Carrie's is that it was sudden and unexpected. It's not like she was ill um, or, or that she was, or, yeah, <laughs> or, or yeah, exactly. She wasn't in her nineties. So, um, so yeah, so, um, Princess, you know, like people will talk about their favorite princess. Well, Princess Leia is my princess. She's my princess. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just this. There's a reason this this franchise is so huge and popular, and it's because of um, just the the world that it is. And um, so yeah, so that's so that's why we decided to uh, go Star Wars. And, and like I said earlier, we. Uh, for this particular episode, we're going to start with the first 30 minutes. Uh, so uh, beginning of this movie, you know, it, and so just so you know, before I get even more and even into the synopsis, uh, we are doing the Disney plus version um, just because it's, it's easily accessible. I don't have to go dig for my DVDs or anything like that. Um, or my VHS copies where, you know, some people are like, oh, don't get the special editions. 
because they're they ruin a perfect masterpiece. I'm like, well, sorry. <laughs> um, so we are watching from the Disney Plus version, and so we started from the beginning of the film when we went zero 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 to the thirty minute mark. So here we go. So the opening scroll of the movie uh, informs us the setting. Uh, and so th this is a galaxy that's in civil war uh, and the heroic rebellion, uh, they gained their first victory against the evil galactic empire. Uh, the rebels have stolen plans to the Death Star, uh, which we are informed is a space station that can blow up an entire planet. Uh, and Princess Leia has custody of the plans and she is racing to her home planet to see if they can stop the Empire. And so that's the uh, opening uh, crawl of the film and uh, it's awesome and it was groundbreaking at the time uh, and it was, uh, I'll get into that a little bit later, but anyway, so there's, there's some cool, there's a little cool things about the scroll, the crawl. All right, so the movie starts with a smaller ship, which is the Tanto 4, uh, being chased by an Imperial Star Destroyer, uh, and I believe it's the Devastator. So, uh, during that chase, we get introduced to C3PO and R2D2, uh, as they are walking among the rebel troops on that ship. The smaller ship. Uh, the blockade runner is caught and Imperial Stormtroopers burst uh, through the door, um, getting into a big blaster fight with the rebel troops. Uh, 3P 3PO has gotten separated from R2, where we get a glimpse of Princess Leia uh, giving slash doing something with R2. We don't know what he, what she has done just yet. Uh, Darth Vader interrogates Captain Antilles until he chokes him to death, most likely crushing his neck. Uh, and then he orders the ship of the, the search of the ship where they end up capturing the princess. R2 and 3PO escape the ship in an escape pod and land on the planet Tatooine. Vader and Leia argue over the plans and Vader discovers the escape pod that was jettisoned uh, that they assume the plans are in that pod. R2 and 3PO argue over which way to go on Tatooine uh, to find someone and they part ways. 3PO sees the transport in the distance and calls for help, and R2 travels through a path where he is attacked by Jawas. Uh, they capture him and bring him aboard their, their sand crawler. When he powers back up, uh, he encounters 3PO. Uh, sand troopers search the crash, crash site of the escape pod and discover that droids were in the pod. The Jawas stop to sell the droids and come across the Lars family farm, moisture farm, where Uncle Owen buys 3PO and an R5 unit. The R5 unit explodes, and so they decide to take R2 instead. Uh, Luke gets to know 3PO and R2 while whining about being on Tatooine and how uh, the droids are part of the rebellion. Uh, Luke sees a part of the message from, of Leia uh, for someone named Obi-Wan Kenobi. R2 escapes while Luke has dinner with his aunt and uncle. Uh, where they discuss Luke's past and his future. Uh, Luke says that it's too dangerous to go after R2 because of the sand people. Uh, and so first thing in the morning, Luke and 3PO begin their search uh, for the astromech. And as they find him, they get ambushed by sand people, but they are scared off by a man in a brown cloak. So one of the things that we normally do with uh, our, our, seri our series of podcasts is we talk about first appearances. Well, this whole movie is nothing but first appearances, so we're not going to do that this go-around, but we're going to do something a little fun with it, and we're going to talk about the things that uh, George Lucas changed in the movie. And by the way, by the time this podcast comes out, George Lucas might change something else. Um, however, we're, we're just going to go with what we've got for, so far right now. Um, and uh, unfortunately, New Hope, out of the entire original trilogy is the one that got the most changes done to it, the most additions, um, you know, in order to more, to get more and more closer to the it, vision that George Lucas supposedly had for the movie. Uh, so th that that's his reasoning as to why he added, he's added stuff so much 
since the movie's originally released. Because, for instance, he didn't have the budget to do what he wanted to do um, as much as he wanted to for the original film. And so now that he's made more money, he's able he he was able to go back and fix it. And then technology caught up to his vision. So whether or not that's actually true or how that actually, you know, whether or not these actually help the movie, we'll again discuss some of these uh, along the way. But so for the first, so the first half hour, we, you don't actually see a whole lot of change from the original theatrical release compared to uh, what you would watch today. So, I mean, the first one is the, that the actual very first one is subtle just because of how things changed uh, in terms of the movie. But the original, the original movie actually, when it's at the very top of the wall um, word scroll crawl through space, it, it was originally just star Wars. There was no episode four, a new hope that was something that was added much later uh to the movie uh and i don't even i don't even think they started doing that by the time empire strikes back came out because i think i think it came i think when they did empire they told that it was episode five that empire was five and so i think yeah. star wars at that point started getting called episode four but don't maybe don't hold me to that uh, but but regardless, the change was the movie originally opened with the Star Wars. It was just Star Wars. It didn't say Episode Four, A New Hope, any of that. Uh, the next change that was added later into the movie was the when the stormtroopers landed on Tatooine and they found the Jettison escape pod. You see stormtroopers on dewbacks in the background, uh, and the the dewbacks are the those um, kind of those like reptil- reptilian. Um, four-legged creatures that they're riding and those were not in the original release the next uh lucas change was the brown robed figure that that shows up to save um luke from the sand people they it's 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 supposed to be uh, the make uh, making a sound of a crate dragon um and it was gr- it was greatly enhanced, and, and uh, honestly, the sound changed a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, it sounds like outside of just being sound to me too. <laughs> yeah, so don't feel bad about that one. <laughs> so, but it, so anyway, so those were so those are the big changes. Um, two of the changes I don't mind. The third one I'm not as the first two I like because again, it's a you know it's something that they actually need to go back and fix. Like when it comes to the opening crawl, uh, because of what happened with the series of stories when it comes to the original trilogy and then eventually the prequel trilogy and then what we call then what's called the sequel trilogy um it's just it, it was a necessary it was a necessary change then the next change with this the stormtroopers right on the dewbacks again it doesn't really change anything about the story it's just a you know it just gives a little bit more updated picture uh, you know, of them searching. Um, so it doesn't really change anything. So for me, that one doesn't bother me. Does it bother you, uh, Patrick? Uh, not really, other than them being incompetent on the do-backs. And it, it, the other the other thing, too, is that it just, it really kind of just clashes a little bit with the stormtroopers that are, that, they're, that were actually there that were actually being filmed like you can tell that like that wasn't originally there that that's all that was all added yeah um, computer generated images and yeah. it still stands out today yeah and then and in all honesty but but again it's it's so brief it doesn't really have an impact it doesn't really change anything so it doesn't so again i'm, I'm not i'm it doesn't it doesn't bother me and i'm i'm okay with them adding that uh however I do not like the enhanced crate dragon crawl call that they added into that, that they changed from the original depiction. Um, I, I honestly think the original sound that they used was sounded better. Um, the only thing about it is that is quote unquote better is that it's louder. So it could, you know, easily be used to, it's like, Oh, that explains why they were so scared because one, it's the sound of a crate dragon. And it's so loud, so he must be really close. I, again, I don't see that as 
really enhancing the story i i do think the original crate dragon call sounded better yeah, I, I agree with that so one of the there's so much that kind of goes on you know that's subtle because um oh sorry i i, sh- I said something about i said something about, about the crawl so uh because of the crawl um george lucas i think had to like pay like a fine because of the way he opened the film uh because that went against the uh screen directors guild or something like that whatever it was called back then or it's called now i don't know if it's still the same thing um but because he did that he had to pay a fine he was like no this is the way i want my film to open i'm gonna pay the fine um so that's just kind of a really cool thing Um, yeah well because you you think about it like when it comes to like when you look at when you watch movie credits and there there are there are union rules as to how the credits for a movie are supposed to be done and so and and that goes for the same for the opening of movies like it's the reason why anytime you watch a new movie or you anytime you watch a movie you see at the very beginning there's always um there there's a full there's a much more condensed version of the credits at the very beginning of the movies it's, it's because they it's not because the people making the movie necessarily want that stuff in there it's because they have to it they're actually uh obligated to it with the like or in the with what patrick was revealing there or they can get fined for it if they don't if they don't do it properly right uh so anyway so there's that's just a little interesting tidbits of history um so one of them and that is and and there's so much about star wars that's parodied and the openings the the opening crawl that you see in space is one of them that's one of the most parodied things throughout culture or throughout movie culture is the star wars crawl like that's how like this movie has had such a huge impact and influence on our culture that it, it's just amazing at how many things get seeped into culture through whether it's you know homaging like in an honorable way or just directly parodying to make fun of but there's so much about star wars that has influenced cinema uh, and so it, so it's just yeah uh, so um so for the longest time uh, 3PO and R2 are the main focal point of the film. Uh, I mean, they're the ones carrying the plans to the Death Star. They are the ones who have the message from Princess Leia. Uh, you know, and 3PO is the only is the one who talks. R2 beeps, um, although quite hilariously and you know, uh, emotionally driving you in certain things. Um, even already in this sort of 30 minutes but they 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 have this really awful wonderful love hate relationship like 3po is like oh you disgust me and you know takes his droid nose and sticks it up at r2 because he's a lowly astromech and walks off in a different path and he's like and they both get captured. Then R2's like, C-3PO's like, oh, it's R2. It is you. It is you, R2. He's so happy to see his little buddy. And I was like, but you were just like kicking dirt at him. You were blaming him for your predicament. And it was just it's just funny that, you know, it's just like that with these two. Well, well when, it comes, when it comes to the relationship between C-3PO and R2-D2 is that, you know, R- C-3PO especially for the beginning part of the movie he's you know he's the narrator for everybody he's the one that you know that's that's his main role is to help get everybody else that is that is new to this world caught up with how this world works that's his job he that's that's his role as a character in the movie uh but his relationship with r2 is you know it's just that real it's the um they're the odd couple it's where you know, in all honesty, you wouldn't think that these two people would like each other. However, they do. They have a genuine, they genuinely care for each other. Um, because, you know, cause, and you see that from C-3PO. He, you know, he thought he was lost and he was potential, you know, who knew, who knew what was going to happen. Um, but when he's reunited with R2-D2, he's just so happy. 
And then on top of it, too, once, you know, C-3PO gets bought and, it, you know, he's going to be joining the Lars farm and the R5 unit gets blown up. He's like, you grab R2, grab the blue one. He's, you know, he's a good unit. Um, but, you know, the, but to me, the, the best part about it is the just like the uh, the comedic value of their relationship, because, you know, like, for instance, like one of the one of my favorites is when you know c-3po kind of tells r2 is like i don't think he likes you very much because you're being such a a pain in this and then you just hear r2 whistle a little bit and he's like i don't like you either and so you know it's just they're they're the they're the odd couple where uh c-3po is the the clean and orderly droid and r2 is the dirty messy rebel and uh, so it's just it's really funny it's like because the way that they interact you don't need to know what r2 is actually saying through his beeps to know what he's saying like you you know by the way that he's interacting with c3po ex- to exactly how you know exactly what he's saying um or a, a very good idea anyway so it's just it, they're just such a great relationship although i don't know why r2 puts up with c3po sometimes yeah i agree um so one of the interesting things you when you've watched star wars enough you look at you know different things that like the props and um things like that and one of the things that always sticks out in my mind is uh ant brew now everyone else that we've encountered has spacey kind of clothes or you know space desert planet kind of clothes because of the robes that you know uncle owen wears in the cloak but aunt beru she literally just looks like she's a 1970s old lady that has her own tupperware set and that's what she serves lunch on i mean look at it when you take a good close look at it i mean it just looks like tupperware and it's just funny and it tickles me that they 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 took parts we haven't gotten to them yet but like building all of these different props like the blaster rifles and the droids and we'll get to the droids in just a minute too um these things like they're building them from scratch and they're like oh do we want to do anything with plates no let's just use tupperware gotcha (laughs) well i mean tupperware will last the to the end of time yeah one of the one of the survive on a desert planet (laughs) yeah exactly um and i'll say this for one of the things that you know the the props in this in this movie are just absolutely phenomenal you just um you wouldn't you wouldn't think that some of these props are or if you take your back to if you take yourself back to 1977 when this movie first came out you would look at it and you would not think that these things are anything other than something from space. You know, this is, it, 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 it has the feel and it has the look of everything's futuristic and sci-fi. Um, but then when you watch it as much as we have, uh, you'll, you catch up on these sort of things. And I'll, I'll be honest. There was something that happened early in the movie that had always plagued me. I, piece it's just so brief and i would think about it in the moment when it happens and then as soon as it happens i stop thinking about it because i just like i'm like what what's going on and then and but the story continues so i just move on from it so so one of the things that happened very early on in the movie that and i can't tell you how embarrassed i am that it took me this long to realize it so and and very early on in the movie so Vader has invaded and captured the members of Leia's ship. And he says something that for the life of me, for the longest time, I could not figure this out. I, because part of it is that like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it only, it's only about like 10 seconds and the movie continues. The story plot continues. And, all, and in all honesty, it doesn't really address this line a whole lot, but Vader says to, send out a distress signal and tell every and tell uh, the people that tell the people that receive the signal that everybody on board has been killed for the life of me 
and it's like and i've been watching this this movie for close to close to 30 years and i never understood why he did that until honestly until we rewatched the movie for this podcast and he's and he says he is it's he's doing he says send the distress signal to cover up the fact that they invaded and took them captive and then killed some of these people it's you know in order to prevent sympathy for the rebellion being being built up and then on top of it too you the your the government doesn't want to want people to know that they have people going out and killing its citizens to protect the information of the fact that oh hey by the way we also have a floating space station that can blow up the planet we don't want that information getting out so we send in a kill squad and we kill a bunch of people and then i imagine what's happened is that anybody that survived the initial onslaught is now a captive because they're a known rebel sympathizer and so the government you know it's like you know vader is being a smart loyal uh member to the go to the overall uh, overarching government and saying oh hey by the way we don't need this getting out so let's squash it and say oh yeah kids okay, so send us trusting we'll say everybody was killed even though we're actually going to be taking these people captive because they're rebels and they're a threat to our empire um so it, again i was like it just it absolutely i don't know what it is you know maybe it's because we're we're watching this not just to enjoy it, which every time i do watch it i do enjoy it but we are watching we are watching it to analyze it a little bit more so the the line finally clicked and i'll be honest it has bothered me my entire time the entire time i've been watching this movie for the span of my life i have i never quite caught that line before and it's why send the distress signal i just didn't get it but now i do so for those of you maybe that are listening that have been watching star wars for a long time like me never got the line do not feel ashamed uh because i too and i'm a very seasoned star wars fan i watch star wars all the time uh i regularly put these movies on in the background just because of how much they uh have have meant to me and how soothing they make me feel so it's just yeah, that I just I needed to get that off my chest. I needed to take some a little bit of time of confession. Yeah, and I, I was the same way. Like I like I didn't put a lot of thought into the line. Like I, my biggest thing is like, what's what's the rest of the plan? Like that's a half plan. It's not a full plan. What's the rest of it? I just want to know. Like and so we talked to you know Jeff and I talked about this and we're kind of like maybe they're going to say it was going to be space pirates. Um, honestly, like if you really think about it, probably what Vader would do if it was smart, he would say the rebellion came on the ship and killed everyone on board and stole the plants to the Death Star. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I mean, listen, I'm who knows? We don't know because it's only half the plan. <laughs> uh, but to, since, since we're talking about this moment, one of the things that we do have to just bring up as something that is just absolutely 100% perfect. And that is the epicness that is James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. Um, he is not the physical actor for the character. He is just the voice actor. Um, and so, and apparently, uh, you know, interesting little piece of trivia, apparently the, the, the guy that actually embodies Vader plays does a physical does a physical body did not know that James Earl Jones had been brought in to provide the voice. So when he was at the movie premiere, he was a little shocked. Yeah, uh, I would be too. Like, wait a minute, my voice isn't that deep. <laughs> yeah, hey, no, uh, nobody's voice is as deep as Darth Vader or as James Earl Jones. No, or so. as rich and soothing yeah but he it's just but yeah so it's like for those of you out there that you know don't realize it but james earl jones just has this great amazing voice uh you know he's mufasa and the lion king and you know there's just something you know he 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 does the both sides so very well the you know he can be the comforting father but then he can also be the maniacal villain of Darth Vader. And so it's just, it's yeah. Like in all honesty, it's part of the reason why star Wars is so successful. It's, it's because of James Earl Jones providing the voice of Darth Vader and you know, making him the, 
villain that he was going to be. And just so you also know, there's actually several of these actors that are in this movie are actually dubbed over. Um, the Commander Wolf guy, that's not his real voice. Aunt Beru, not her real voice. Um, a, a lot of the Imperials are dubbed. Um, hmm. Because I don't remember. Gosh, I don't remember why. Uh, but they're they're dubbed over. Uh, because I think it was to make them, because they're all a bunch of British actors. And they're like, oh, let's make them a little bit more American to appeal to the American movie going audience. But I don't think they had realized by this time that when we think of villains, we think of British accents. I mean, it's just what we've been programmed to think now. Um, so now, make, now it's fine. Um, but I think they're just wanting a more American um, accents. And so speaking of Aunt Beru and uh, her being dubbed over, let's, one of the interesting things that happens to me is the Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen scene with Luke at lunchtime. And, uh, you know, Luke has just stumbled across the message and he asks Uncle Owen about, you know, you know, this the R2 unit says that he belongs to someone called Obi-Wan. Do you, do you think he means Ben? Uh, and, uh, you know, he calls him a crazy old wizard, you know, pay it no mind. It belongs to us and calls him crazy. And the wizard part, I love that because it's like, think about this. This is a space wizard and we don't know what a space wizard is yet. Um, but sign me up already like give me a magic wand i'll cast spells you know i I know that's not what they do but that's you know space wizard space magic okay i'm cool with that um and so then he you know he mentioned you know luke keeps pressing him on it and he's like no 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 i don't think obi-wan exists anymore he died around the same time as your father and so in luke's teenage mind which we have to give him credit for this you know we have to remember they'll make you know teenagers can make crazy jumps in logic leaps in logic and he's like wait did obi-wan short attention spans they're short attention spans of that that's too and you know and luke's a whiner so there's that um and so he's and then in a galaxy filled with trillions of lives the fact that two people happen to according to uncle owen have died at the same time around and even not even at the same time around the same time Apparently he uh, is like, oh, he must know my dad. No, that's, ugh, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. You know, it'd be like one of those things where, you know, we take World War II veterans or Vietnam veterans, any war veteran being like, oh, you served in, in Desert Storm. You served in um, Vietnam. I was like, oh, I had, a, I had a friend or a good family member who served. Did you know them? What? What? That's not the way that works. There's there's thousands of people in our military. They're they're not gonna know everyone. <laughs> um, so it's even more astronomical when we look at the galaxy. The Star Wars galaxy is trillions of people. Um, so then Luke storms off, and and Brew basically says he's got too much of his father in him. He's not a farmer, and he Owen does Uncle Owen doesn't like that because he knows how similar they are. He how similar he is to his father. Um, and that bothers him. It clearly irks him. We don't know why, but it clearly irks him. So one of the things to, in, you know, while on the farm, you know, when we, when we get to the Lars farm, one of the things we get introduced to is the Jawas. And let me tell you, I just love the Houdini or I'm not sure exactly how, what, how the spelling is, but it sounds like they say Houdini, Houdini. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I just love that. And I, I do love the Jawas for what they are. Um, you know, they're just these, you know, tiny little scavengers and they don't say, you know, they don't speak in, um, you know, uh, basic or English or whatever, but they, you know, they, um, but they're these little scavengers. And then we, because of the Jawas, we get introduced to all of these different droids. And I'll tell you, it's just, it's really fascinating how they, how they design some of these droids because one droid is it honestly it looks like one of the like it looks like a a trash can that oh, yeah. is power droid that the has like droid a, the what the power dro- he's a power 
so he's a walking power supply. It's called the Gonk Droid. Mm. But yeah, he just looks he looks like a trash can. And more than likely, all he is is probably a, a guy that they put a trash can on top of. And yep. so and he walked around like that. That's probably all he is. You know, and then there's the one droid that cool. looks like um like a like a bunch of um coat hangers. Um yeah. I'm not sure exactly how else to, how else to explain them, but you know, it's just these you know, a bunch of these like random arms. It's like how effective is this actual droid and things other than potentially, you know, holding a bunch of stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're just, just really interesting uh robot designs and uh so yeah but again he's like you don't think about it's like oh that it's like we would never make a droid like that it's like actually we probably would um well the the hutini part i I love that because you know they they talk in their jawa ease uh but if you pay really close attention to the the bartering scene where they're buying the droids you can hear one jawa say what it was working um and uh it is absolutely hilarious um to me it makes me giggle um on the inside uh just because it's it's very funny um because i don't i don't know if that was intentional or what i don't know but i love it it's awesome (laughs) and so speaking of the droids one of the things too that i really liked is you know how clever r2 is and in order to get his restraining bolt removed and so it's one of the things that's very common and um, for droids in this in this universe is to have these. Um, they almost look like pacemakers, honestly, that, that get glued on to the, get attached to the droids. And it, the person who owns the other end of the restraining bolt has the ability to kind of like control how far away they can go. Um, it gives them more control over the droid. And so R two cleverly you know kind of releases part of the video gives gives out just kind of like the snippet for to tease luke to get him kind of excited about the you know looking for the adventure and, and excited about that and says oh you know i can't play the rest of the video unless you release my restraining bolt and he's like oh well i guess you won't get too far gets the restraining bolt removed and then you know what do you know 10 minutes later bam R2's gone. <laughs> you know, it's just, it shows just how awesome R2 is as a droid and that he was able to, you know, he, you know, he's not your average bear. And in fact, he's, you know, at this moment, he's got a little bit, a little bit smarter than Luke. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, R2's a little bit smarter than everybody. That's true. Period. So for the biblical theme, uh, it's kind of tough to narrow down since since there's there's so much to choose from uh in this 30 minutes and uh the scripture that we came up with is romans chapter 5 verse 3 through 5 and it says more than that we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Uh, so this is a really good theme for, for the entire film uh, because, well, one, the movie's called A New Hope. So that was kind of the reason for it, but not, you know, this was, anyways. But we look at what all of the people have gone through, like, you know, Leia, who was, they just had their first victory against the Empire. They're trying to get the plans of the Death Star away. And, you know, she's got, she has literally the, you know, the Lord Darth, you know, Darth Vader, uh, big black, scary robot looking man who crushed a man with his bare hands. And we don't really know what she's going to do, but she endures. She knows that, you know what? I got the plans out. The droid's going to get to Obi-Wan. It's good. I can endure whatever Vader throws at me, knowing that I can get those plans to Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
Um, and so, um, so that's, you know, that's for Leia. Uh, Luke, now, unfortunately, his endurance is a little bit more subtle and buried underneath whining. Um, and, but, you know, he keeps having this hope, like, you know, you know, part of his trouble is, you know, he's looking off into the distance. He's never on, um, he's never, his mind's never on what he's at. He's always thinking about, okay, well, I need to get off this planet. Like, you know, his first real interaction, his first real line, other than, you know, he's talking to Aunt Brew when he talks to Uncle Owen. She, Uncle Owen tells him, like, I want you to get these droids cleaned up. And he's like, well, I was going to go into uh, town and pick up some power converts, go to, go to Tashi Station. And he's like, you can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Said that as a parent. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where we, you know, he's like, okay, you know what? Let me get this stuff done. Uh, I'll, you know, endurance. And, you know, maybe one day I'll get to have an adventure. And um, and eventually we'll, we'll really be able to see more. We'll see some of this other stuff later. But, you know, one of the things that's important for, for these characters, especially Luke and Leia, that they have to endure and those enduring things will make their characters stronger and, and not necessarily, you know, the, they'll be more sure of themselves having survived um, these ordeals that they're going through now. And so for us as Christians, you know, we do face tough times. We face temptations. Um, that the world kind of lays at our feet and how we respond to it is, you know, kind of important for e each one of us that, you know, we are, we are going to endure trials and, uh, you know, you know, just as Paul is saying to the Romans, rejoice in our sufferings. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this before, but apparently, in, you know, I agree with this just so you know. That what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to rejoice when we're suffering. I, when I'm suffering, I generally don't feel like rejoicing. It's usually one of the furthest things away from my mind. But when we rejoice in our sufferings, when we when we take the mindset, it's like, okay, you know what? Today is has been a trial. It's been a tribulation. Let me rejoice knowing that I've endured them. And God, thank you for being with me and, and helping me endure these sufferings. And, and, you know, you've done that, that produces the endurance. Uh, and then your endurance helps your character be stronger. Uh, and then that character, knowing that you can survive trials and tribulations produces hope, knowing that no matter what we face, we're facing with God and God is going to uh, help us get through our ordeals. And, having hope in our uh, trials and tribulations should not be shameful. Um, it should, in fact, don't let anyone be like, oh, you know, you're supposed to be sad because you're facing trials. No, no, no. We have hope in God uh, and are able to face all of these things. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, just like you were talking about it, to rejoice in one's suffering is a very hard lesson to learn and especially very difficult to do in the midst of the actual suffering It's a little bit. It, it can be a little bit easier to rejoice when you've made it to the other side of suffering because now, because a lot of hopefully if you take uh, time to learn from suffering or, or lessons that you, you know, learn just in general, it's very He's, you know, it's it makes it so much easier to be able to to see what why you went through something. A lot of times, when you when you're on the other side, now granted that doesn't always happen. There's there's sometimes you don't ever fully know why you went through something. Um, however, there most of the time I feel like there's a lot of times you can see why you meant why you were meant to go through you know these true suffering moments and when you're able to rejoice and realize that you're going through this and that God has your back, God loves you and he's here to protect you. There's always, 
something, you know, there's always ways that you, that can help. And, um, so when you're going through something, understand that God is there with you and that when you do, when you do survive your sufferings, it, it allows you to grow. Like it, it teaches you to endure. And so, and then when you're, when you're able to develop endurance, it, 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 it actually in you, it gives you character. And I'm not talking about character like you're, you know, you're an interesting person or anything like that. It gives you strength of character and that when, so the next time that you come up with through, come up into something similar, like you're in a, another situation of suffering, maybe it, you, it won't impact you to the degree it has previously. And then when you, when you've got to that point where you have that strength of character, so instead of being downtrodden by something horrible happening to you, you then have hope. So it's like, there's, there's a reason why Paul writes it this way. It's not that, you know, it's like, so it's like, we rejoice in our sufferings. Well, why? Well, don't you know that suffering produces endurance? The more you suffer, and it's just like working out. The more you work out, the more endurance you have. Well, the more the when you go through suffering, it's going to give you endurance. It's going to give you strength. And that strength and endurance is going to give you character because when the more so the next time something happens to you that is, you know, not good, that is something that you don't enjoy, it gives you the ability to handle it. It gives you character. And then in that character, the the more character you have, it's it 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 breeds hope. The more character you have, that that integrity, it develops hope because you you can see as like oh yeah you know what that is a horrible situation. I'm you know it, it's it is bad. It's it's uncomfortable. However, there's hope. I know that the, I know I can survive this. There's no reason not to be to be ashamed that I'm going through this because I have hope. I, I, I have God's love that's been pouring into me ever since the Holy Spirit has taken, you know, has ever taken up and resided within me. So there, so yes, an initial, when it comes to suffering, yes, it is awful. And I'm so sorry. Anytime that people go through suffering and for those of you out there that are suffering at this time, but know that when you're able to survive and see the other end, it's going to help you. It's going to help build your endurance. It's going to build your character. And most importantly, it's going to build your hope. So, Frack, how would you how would you rate this first half of the movie? Those first 30 minutes, I would rate it. I would rate it a I would rate it a, a 4.5. Um and it's, it's not getting a perfect five just because it we don't really know who the main characters are supposed to be. And so we get a good amount of minutes where R2 and 3PO are the main are the central focus of the film. And that can be a little off putting because like, okay, who am I rooting for? Are these my heroes? Who are my, who are the heroes? Um, is it Princess Leia? Why are we staying away from her for so long? Um, uh, is it, you know, is, is it somebody? We don't know. And so we we finally meet Luke, and he's the hero of this film. And he's the one that we're, he, we're supposed to latch on to. But what I love about this first 30 minutes is between the opening crawl and 3PO's kind of narration a little bit i never felt lost in this world like i had a general idea even in this these first 30 minutes that we kind of knew we knew enough about the universe that we're living in in this film to kind of get our our footing and not be too confused and i love that about this like this is a great setup where I had questions, but I didn't, I was like, you know what? I'm excited to see what, if they'll answer my questions that I might have like, Oh, who's this Darth Vader? Why is he all black? Um, you know, what, you know, you know, any number of things, like any other questions, like, 
so it's just really great and um what's the rest of the plan there we go uh, those are my two <laughs> big questions <laughs> um so anyway so that's so i'll give a 4.5 because it does a really good job of setting up the world but we could get to the main heroes a little bit quicker in my opinion but that's my opinion so 4.5 what about you uh uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a four point three 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 three. Just because for for similar reasons that like you're, what you're saying in this twice on a five, because again is you know it's just it's it's you know like we were talking before you know as we've talked in our previous podcast dealing with different shows and different things is you're in the beginning you're, you're the world the world is being built and yes there are some extremely exciting things that have happened and the the anticipation is building throughout this entire movie because you're it's like you're watching it and it's like you're watching this it, like there's no way c3po and r2d2 are going to be the heroes of the story does princess leia definitely show promise as the potential hero of the story she does however since we don't really revisit her a whole lot within this first 30 minutes after she's captured it's like well you know what she's probably you know what she might not she she might not be the main character she may not be the main hero um and then they add in and then the, then we get to luke and it's just like okay this is probably the guy we're going to be rooting for and so it's just so the world is is built and there's a lot of intrigue and and just like you're and like you're right, Patrick. When you're when you're watching this in the first half hour, you don't feel a whole lot lost. You have an idea of how this world works. There's an empire. There is um, there's this guy named Darth Vader that is trying to stop the uh, plans for the Death Star to be released. What we don't know what the Death Star is yet. Um, and so it's you know, and then there's this like. Oh, so Luke doesn't live with his parents. So who? So who are these people? And so, and what happened to his father? And again, it's just planting these little seeds of, oh man, what's you know? I can't wait to find out who this guy's father is, and and then also to know more about. We you was know, like, okay, so why, why is there a guy named Old Ben Kenobi, and then there's somebody named Obi Wan Kenobi? Is like Kenobi like Smith in this universe? We but we you know we don't know um so it's just it, it's building it, you know it's just building this amazing world the the aliens that we get introduced to up to this point well, although at this point we were, were the only in, aliens we're really introduced to at this point are uh, the jawas um, but you know we get introduced to these droids uh you know we get to see these spaceships these very intimidating looking spaceships um and 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 then just a very immersive world from the beginning. It's just it's very, um, uh, just it, it's just it's just well laid out. And I'm super psyched to continue to help to discuss and and guide us through these uh, stories as we as for those of you guys that are listening to our podcast. Uh, so anybody out there with any questions for us about the lessons that we've talked about in this episode or any of our episodes, uh, feel free to uh, get in contact with us and, and ask us questions. Feel free to talk to us and, and, and for our opinions or anything that we might know that maybe you have questions about, uh, ranging from either from our biblical lessons or just from different forms of fandom. We have a very, uh, we do have a very broad taste in things. We're not solely anime people. Uh, there are people out there like that. And if that's your thing, that's fine as well. Um, but we do have a very broad taste. Like we get into the sci-fi, we get into this, uh, we get into anime, we, we, we can dig at this, uh, we get into the superheroes. Um, all these things are definitely things that we are interested in. And we would love to discuss with you. Um, so feel free to email us at talkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at FrickityF or at FrickityFrack on Instagram and Facebook. And please understand that we love you. Most importantly, God loves you. That's the reason why he sent his son to die for us to take care of our sins. And always remember, may the force be with you.